You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. What a blessing. Thank you guys for being here. We are celebrating Christmas at the movies, and whether you're online or here, uh, we're going to dive right in today, and uh, we want to encourage you to be thinking about your favorite Christmas movie. Next week, we're going to be highlighting the movie Elf, which is our family's, uh, but today we're going to be looking in a little different direction. But before we get there, isn't just there's something about a good movie that really just kind of helps us in a season of chaos and stress and exhaustion. How many love a good Christmas movie, right? You just feel like, yes, this is good. We've been watching Christmas movies. We always do this time of year. It's like night after night. It's like, this is great. We love that. But it's more than just entertainment. We want to find in this series the truth in the movies, the truth that is baked in. And along with this, we have Joe Lalone. Uh, he is writing a leadership blog on each of these movies. We're dropping those on Thursday, and we're sending those out. I want to encourage you to get a hold of those, read those, encourage uh, Joe. He's got literally tens of thousands of people that read his blog, and we want to boost that and help him uh, this season. But uh, otherwise, on Sundays, we're going to be taking a page out of Jesus's playbook. And who was the greatest storyteller of all? Jesus, right? He was constantly preaching through parables. And I think if Jesus were living today and was among us, he'd be in the movies. He'd be TikTok famous. He'd be a YouTube influencer. Don't you think? Yeah, first service didn't think so either, but uh, it's okay. But uh, I just think when what we want to do is we want to mine for truth in these uh, in these movies and, and really get at the real Christmas story. So last week, we talked about how the Grinch stole Christmas. A great classic. We love it. And the theme there was love. And we said that love was so important that when we experience love, we'll have joy. We're going to worship out of our love for the Lord. And then generosity flows. And so we said no Scrooges here, no Grinches. And uh, just in regards to generosity, what uh, the church is doing, this last week, things came together that we had been working on for months. Isn't that right, Sarah? Uh, Through GoServe. We've done this before, but then we had uh, a little lag. But there are bicycles in GoServe that are not able to be given domestically. They have to go internationally. And uh, we've done this one time before. We just, all the details came together this week. So our church, we are sending a ton of bikes to Tijuana, Mexico. And uh, we are the ones that are making that happen. And uh, Sarah, I know there's a lot of work and a lot of details there, uh, but thank you for that. And so you're a part of that. And as a result from last week's message about love and generosity, there was this sense that I heard from several people like, hey, there are people within our rows here, so to speak, people that attend the church or people that we know that have some real needs, and we can meet some of those needs. And so we worked hard. We met as a board this week. We were finalizing budget for 2024 and different things, but part of it is we wanted to care for 
those that are in our midst. And so we've got a little card here. It's, they're out on the table right before you leave. And if you have a need or if you know of someone that has a need, we want you just, we want to capture that. If it's confidential, just put confidential. We won't share your name. But then what we're going to do is we are going to compile these and share them with the congregation. And we've done this before. We used to call it Project Barnabas. Um, it, but we are, we are going to share those. And as people in the church read those needs, the staff and the board will be the conduit to get those needs met through the congregation. So you'll see a need. Maybe someone needs some tires on their car, and you say, hey, I'd like to help with that. And we'll connect you with the board member that's connected with the family, and we'll make that happen, and uh, so on and so forth. And we want to hear those needs, and then we want, over the next few weeks, to be sharing those needs with our congregation. And, uh, and that's just a response to the last week's message. And so thank your board members. Thank the staff uh, for saying, hey, we can do something about meeting needs. Can I get an amen? Amen. So what we're doing in this series is we're connecting the Advent series with these movies. We're tying them together. And like Pastor uh, Bobby just mentioned, Advent is a traditional way of looking or experiencing the holidays. There's usually four weeks, four themes. It's a time of preparation. It's waiting for the arrival of the Messiah. And so we're, as we're waiting for Christmas to come and the return of Jesus, and so there's kind of two Advents there, there are four huge themes, love, joy, peace, and hope. And these are important to us. And because this is a five-week series, and we're going to take five movies, I added an additional word, the word faith. And today is our, as faith is the theme for this morning. And I understand that faith is a huge topic. And I've got a lot of notes, but my wife said before I came up, she said, just take it easy. I was all nervous. I'm like, well, we got to get, get to this. She said, just relax. And so this is me relaxed. <laughs> I got a lot to say. So lock the doors. Just kidding. But faith, it's such a big topic. It's our belief, our trust. It's really the foundation that when the storms of life come and go, what holds us is our faith. What do we really believe in? And as we mine for the truth in the, in the movie, The Polar Express, I am praying that today our faith will come alive, that our faith will be activated. So how many of you have ever read the book from the 1980s is when it came out, The Polar Express? All right. Uh, all right. You've read the book about maybe a third of you or more. All right. That's good. Um, how many of you have seen the movie, The Polar Express? All right. Even more of you. Okay, good. So you're with me. Now, some people love the book and they hate the movie. Or some people love the movie and, well, I don't know if they hate the, the book, but there's this love-hate relationship, if you know what I mean, with the Polar Express. And let's, can we just all agree that it's kind of a weird movie? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, I see lots of heads. All right, good. It's a weird movie. And it's like, is it for kids or is it for adults? I don't know. But Tom Hanks, who plays a bunch of characters, part of the weirdness, it's an epic train ride to the North Pole, helping children with their belief in Santa. But 
as I dove into this movie, to my surprise, there are people that will talk about the Polar Express and say that it is deeply theological. Some will even say it's a parable to believe in the real God. And so there's these biblical parallels. And if you've seen the movie before, the next time you watch it, I would encourage you to watch it with that kind of lens. In fact, right after the movie came out in 2004, there were people that were like, hey, what's going on here? Is there there something here tied just to to biblical uh, things? And the director was asked directly... And he said, and he was, he gave the answer. He said, nothing in the movie is on accident. In other words, maybe there's something to the faith and belief, the gift, the love, the friendship. Is there a Holy Spirit character in the movie? I don't know. Is there a worship service at the end uh, where all the saints are together? I don't know. Is there a reference to the Lamb's Book of Life where each name is written one by one? I don't know. And we're not here to debate those things. What we want to do is look at the story and pull out the topic of faith overall because faith is our foundation. So what we're going to do, we're going to start with Scripture, look at the movie. Back to the Christmas story, back to the movie, back and forth. Stick with me, but let's start with Scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Faith is the confidence that, we, that what we hope for will actually happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. It is, gives us assurance of the things we cannot see. Interesting that my notes and that doesn't match up. But anyway, it's the idea... I was like, wait a second, that's not what my nose, but it's this idea that we don't see things, it's seeing, it's like believing before we see, right? And when we're tested, when there's trouble, when there's impossibilities in our lives, we have to have a foundation, something we can fall back on, and I love what James chapter 1 says, it says, dear brothers and sisters, When troubles of any kind come your way, which they're going to come, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, how many know it's okay to test our faith, right? It says your endurance has a chance to grow. So we should be growing when we're tested. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, when I talk about testing and trials and tribulations, you know that Satan is working overtime at Christmas. He would love to get our focus off of Jesus. He, the hustle and the bustle, the busyness, the consumerism, uh, the, our focus on ourselves and spending in general. Uh, maybe those are the things that will sidetrack. Others, it's like, okay, I know the Christmas story. I've heard it before. And maybe it just becomes old news or almost like, oh, it's just another fairy tale story. And for those of us that are getting older, we think, okay, all right, I've heard it before, and the story loses its magic. And so our prayer today is that when we talk about the greatest story ever told, that it would come alive in us, that it would be real over and over, and our faith would grow. I'm talking about our foundation in who Jesus is. And I just believe that there are three things. There's truth 
love and power seen in the movies, seen in scripture that relate to our faith. And this is the third time this year that we've talked about truth, love and power and uh, looking at it from different ways. I believe there's something here for us and not only just for our church uh, as a whole, but for you individually. So let's look at the first one, truth encounters. Truth encounters related to faith, right? The Polar Express is this great story that at the beginning, the train appears in the great town of Grand Rapids. Did you know that? It's, it's right in Grand Rapids, Michigan, so it's right local. And in the middle of the night, uh, the conductor, Tom Hanks, gets off the train and is like, all aboard, right? And then the main character, the boy, Hero Boy is what his name, we, he doesn't have a name, so we call him Hero Boy. Um, we, he says, where is this train going? And the conductor says, well, to the North Pole, of course. This is, say it with me, the Polar Express. That was better than first service. Way to go. Give yourselves a hand. And so what happens, the boy gets on the train. He's reluctant. He has a whole slew of questions. He has this moment, this crisis of belief. And the conductor says, ticket, please. And the ticket, he gets his ticket out and it's punched the first letter B because he's going to work on his belief. We'll see that at the end. But he's wrestling with the truth of who Santa is. There's no letter that year. There's no visit to Santa at the mall. There's this crisis of faith. As the story goes on, there's doubt uh, within the boy, the main character. We can see it on his face. He's on top of the train riding with this ghost character, kind of weird and spooky. Uh, But the boy says, Santa, isn't he the king of the North Pole? And the man says, well, what's your persuasion? And the boy says, I want to believe, but... And the man on top of the train says, you want to believe, but you... Don't want to be bamboozled, duped, hoodwinked, railroaded. And then we get the great line in the book and in the movie. He says, seeing is believing. Now, I was thinking about some facts about Santa. For those that, you know, that believe and want, it's a, it's a crazy thing to, to put your faith in. Uh, but 378 million children worldwide, estimated, celebrate Christmas. And uh, that represents 92 million homes. And let's just say that there's at least one good kid in each of those homes. Maybe that's a stretch. But Santa, his schedule on Christmas Eve for 24 hours would be 822 homes per second. And so you can understand that this boy is saying, where, how does it all work? And Certainly, he's looking for the truth. Well, in the real Christmas story, we have someone searching out the truth as well. And we can look at the character of Mary. It says that Mary was found to be found with favor, right? She's someone that uh, is experiencing something that has never happened before. And uh, she was going to be used to bring to the world the hope of the world, something beyond her wildest imaginations. We pick up the story in Luke chapter 1. It says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's her cousin, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph and a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, 
favored woman, the Lord is with you. Can you imagine? She, she gets this angel visit, and she said, okay, this is good. But verse 29 says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. She said, what in the world is happening? And the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. This is the Christmas story. The Lord will give him uh, the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And in verse 34, I want you to see this. Mary asked the angel, but how can this be? I am a virgin. Immediately, she's doubting what happened or what's going to happen. And understandably, right? Put yourself in her shoes. It seemed that the impossible was predicted to happen, and she's saying, I don't know how that would even happen. She said, I'm only a virgin. I was thinking about some impossible things that we all face. Maybe things with our health. I know there's people in our congregation that just chronic pain or issues there. Or maybe there's an impossibility in your family. You think, man, our family will never be together. Maybe you've got an estranged son or daughter. Or maybe a work situation that seems impossible or something at school. And even there may be doubts about faith. Can God really do or, or uh, be who he says he is. There are issues, there's problems, impossibilities in all of our lives at times. And nobody wants to be a fool and to believe in the impossible. Am I right? And so Mary's story, Jesus' story, if we can look at it and say, okay, is this really true? Did this happen? She had doubts. I want you to see that. But she was not overlooked. It wasn't like, oh, you, you're asking a question, you don't believe, so we'll look for someone else. No, God didn't pick someone else. Even in the struggle, he comes alongside. And Mary, I think, is like the father with the demon-possessed son in Mark chapter 9. The, the father comes and says, if you can heal my son, and Jesus says, anything is possible if you believe, if a person believes, and then the father instantly says, I do believe, but help, my, help me overcome my unbelief. And I think that's where Mary was, saying, I don't know, but Lord, I believe. I put my faith. And the question is, what about this story, the Christmas story? Is it really true, what Mary experienced, what Jesus, what Jesus coming to earth? And we look at the Bible, of course, if we're a believer, and the fulfilled prophecy, over 400 prophetic words fulfilled. We know the eyewitness stories, but let's just back up for a second. And just from a historical sense, if you're a historical scholar, maybe looking at the biblical narrative, if that was the case, the story of Jesus begins with one of the most damaging and counterproductive ideas if truly the authors were trying to gain momentum and advance their own agenda. See, Matthew and Luke, where we get this Christmas story primarily, they're both Jews, first century Jews, and Matthew, and we already read Luke's, but Matthew writes in Matthew 1.18, says this is how the Messiah was born. 
as he's writing this and then describes his mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's writing this. How repulsive, how offensive that the Messiah, the one that people have been waiting for, the anointed one of God would be born to an unwed mother The thought of this, if it were not true, would get them stoned, right? Or at least disregarded, unless the story was true. And they told the story. They wrote about the story. And what happened in the first century? Tens of thousands of believers, Jews, Jewish people, became believers in Jesus. Faith. It only could happen this way if it were true. And there were a lot of eyewitnesses, and there were. And for 2,000 years, we've been telling and retelling the greatest story ever told. I know we've taken some time on this truth encounter. It's the primary uh, thing in the Polar Express. The Bible and the Polar Express, there is this truth encounter. And so could I be so bold to just say, all aboard, let's get on the bus. That's right. Even skeptics are invited. And even if you knew the facts, though, and have the truth encounter, how many know truth, the facts are not enough to believe, to have faith? I like what Isaac Watts, who wrote Joy to the World, the great Christmas carol, he said, let every heart prepare him room. So more than just facts, we need a truth encounter, but we also need a love encounter, an emotional heart level of belief. And there are a lot of love encounters in the Polar Express. Let me introduce you to one of the characters. His name is Billy. Um, He's the guy that's from the wrong side of the track. This is Billy. The only boy, I think, uh, in the the whole thing that's named, as far as I could tell. But he was picked up and then not included. He's kind of in the back in the caboose uh, by himself. And uh, it's interesting. When you think about biblical parallels, the Polar Express picked up all kinds of children. And uh, think about missions. Every tribe, every nation will be represented in heaven, I'm just saying. And even outcasts, according to the movie. But this boy wasn't just by himself. The uh, hero boy, the main character, and the hero girl is what they call her. Uh, they started this, this uh, to display love towards one another. They include Billy. They see him. Uh, they bring hot chocolate to him and uh, later. But these three become kind of like the, the three main characters. And uh, what I I love is that uh, the hero boy on the left side, the main character, and the girl on the right, uh, uh, he cares for her at one point. Uh, she lost her ticket. She thinks she's going to get kicked off, and the hero boy goes and stops the train. He risks getting kicked off himself, and uh, he was willing to stop the train for a friend. Uh, again, there are these love encounters all throughout the Polar Express. And then, of course, when we get to the end of the movie, the hero boy and Santa, they're one-on-one. And it's at that point that the main character says, I believe, I believe. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's go back to the Christmas story. Where do we see love encounters in the Christmas story? Well, I think the story of Joseph in the, story, in the Christmas story is pretty profound. 
the greatest story ever told, love is at the center. And we see Joseph in uh, Matthew chapter 1, 18. We've already read 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. This is what was expected for him to do that. He was doing that out of care for her, lovingly, instead of uh, making a big spectacle. Um, he doesn't, he's not quick to respond. But Mary's pregnant. He's not the father. He's saying, let's do something about this. And then he gets an angel visit himself. As he's considering this, the angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, said the angel, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All of this occurred, this is the Christmas story, to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then what about Joseph? What about the love that he had? It says this, when he woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary to be his wife. He did not have sexual relations with her until the son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. We see Joseph's willingness to take a risk. He ponders the things that the angels say. He's not quick to react. And then he's obedient and has a lot of humility. God's love is seen throughout the Christmas story. God pursuing us. Last week we looked at John 3.16 when we talked about love in the Grinch, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? That whoever would believe would not perish but have eternal life. Christmas is wrapped up in love, isn't it? But love isn't our focus today. Faith is. Believing, which is foundational for us as Christians. And yes, it takes truth, the facts, the logic, but it also takes love, unconditional, unearned. And you put those two and you add power, the third encounter, the supernatural work of salvation, of what God does for us. He saves us. He overdelivers all the time. And in the face of impossibilities, we see power encounters within the Polar Express. How many love the hot chocolate scene? Yeah. And uh, the fun and the dancing and the singing. You can get some cool, ama amazing moves if you watch it. Uh, there are other scenes within the movie. The traveling on the ice and they, they're stopped by the caribou. And, they're, and even the kids walking on top of the train. Come on. There's some supernatural power things happening. And then they get to the North Pole and Santa's bag is at the North Pole, right? It's all piled up and the sights and the sounds. It's magical. It sent, there was a sense that nothing was impossible on Christmas Eve. Even Billy, the one that had said earlier in the, in the movie, Christmas just doesn't work out for me, all of a sudden is experiencing the power of the North Pole and Santa. The hero boy, the main character, he doubts. He's not kicked off. He takes the ride and experiences the power of the Polar Express. 
But we're not here to really talk about the Polar Express. What about power in the Christmas story? Well, the power is rooted in Jesus, isn't it? And Jesus, with Jesus, nothing is impossible. Mark 9, 23, anything is possible if a person believes. And when you think about power encounters in Jesus, we think of the, mere, the virgin birth and the miraculous escape uh, to, um, to uh, uh, get out of town and to elude uh, Herod's threats because uh, Jesus should have died as a baby. Uh, then when he's in ministry, turning water into wine, and he's healing the sick and raising the dead, walking on water. And yes, the birth is pretty powerful, but the real power came in his death and his resurrection. And it's the death and resurrection, the power there, that gives us the confidence that no matter what we face, um, we can face it with Jesus, with his help. But the greatest impossibility that we all face is the truth that not one of us are good enough to get to heaven. The greatest thing Jesus and his power provides is a way for us to find heaven. It's called the gift of God. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. It's a gift. Kind of like the gift that the hero, the boy, the main character in Santa receives. This first gift was given to the main character. And his name was on the gift. Here is where we see the boy say for the first time, I believe. I believe. Faith soars through the roof uh, at that moment. And I just think it's the truth and the love and the power all coming together. As the Polar Express, uh, there's a scene where the the reindeers are getting suited up and all the bells are going on. And everyone but the main character hears the bells. And then, by happenstance, I don't think, one bell comes off and makes his way to the boy He picks it up, and when he picks it up, he gives it a shake, and for the first time, he hears the magic of the bell. And at that point, all of the things that have happened come together. The hero boy is rewarded, gets this new perspective. He gets friendship and hot chocolate at the North Pole, which is incredible, and he gets this interaction with Santa. The Polar Express when you look at it this way, is a story of adventure with purpose. And at the end of the movie, the Polar Express, each of the kids have a, a ticket or a ticket that has been punched. And the annoying boy that was the know-it-all, if you know the story, his ticket said, learn. Then we know that the boy that was from the other side of the tracks that couldn't count on anything, his ticket was two-sided. On one side, rely on. The other, count on. The girl, hero girl, uh, that came along and was such a big influence in the movie, hers said, leave. But then the main character, what did his ticket say? Believe. Believe. Faith. Faith. It's required one step at a time. The Polar Express, Santa, the classic, the movie. I mean, it's a legend, right? But let's... Move away from there 
one last time and come back to the Christmas story. Where do we see faith in the Christmas story? And I ask Havilah to come and uh, help me here. Luke chapter 1, back verse 34, where we ended at the, uh, talking about Mary. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, she is also pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Some versions say, with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. And Mary responded. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. The amount of faith that Mary had, when we look at her story, in com- like from a 30,000, we know the whole beginning to the end. We could look and say, man, Mary was a person of faith. She, her faith was crazy. Man, what an example. But really, it was one small step at a time. Her life, she, it was a life of service and surrender. And over a lifetime, her faith was incredible. But it was a step at a time. And I think that speaks to us that even if we have doubts today or fears, we just need to take one step and get on board. And when we get on board and we're moving with Jesus, we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior, then it's a life of service and surrender. That full surrender is when you experience something great, when your faith has been activated. And so can I be so bold to just say, get on the train? And I see it kind of two ways. We get on the train and when we experience Jesus at the moment of salvation, which we'll talk about in a second, then it's that day by day walking, facing storms, the ups and downs, the impossibilities. And Jesus is with us through it all. So let's talk about salvation first. With everyone's head bowed and eyes closed here, if you are here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you're not on the train, if you're not moving with Jesus, Today is your day to get on board. Maybe you've gotten off the train and you need to get back on the train. Either way, if that's you and you need Jesus to save you, to forgive you of your sin, would you just lift up your hand right where you are? I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Yeah, thank you. See a couple hands here? Yes, in the middle. Good. Yes, over here to my left. Yes, thank you. Who else? Saying, yeah, man, my... I need to put my faith in Jesus. Maybe it's the truth of the story or the love. or the, But what it is, it's the power of God working. He's stirring. Anyone else? We've got three. Anyone else? Don't want to miss anyone. If you're online, you can just type in the chat. Say, I am putting my faith in Jesus. And we'll follow up with you. We've got some resources for you. For the sake of the three or maybe four that raise their hand uh, that are here, I just want to lead us in a quick prayer. It's not the words of this prayer that save, 
you. It's the belief in your heart. But would you say this with me, everyone, together? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Save me. I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the grave. And today I put my faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to ask that everyone stand this morning and uh, let's go ahead and dim the lights here for a moment. The worship team, you can come. I want to talk about our day by day, taking that next step, believing. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it, you know, it's taking a step into the unknown. Sometimes it's scary. But I believe with all my heart that God has something big for every single one of us. But in the course of life, sometimes life is hard. And with your head bowed and eyes closed one more time, I'm just curious, who is here today that would say, Pastor, um, I need a miracle, or I'm facing an impossibility, or I need God to really move in my life. Would you just lift up your hand right where you are? Yeah, lots of hands. Who else? Maybe it's an illness or a chronic pain, or maybe it's, it's a relationship, or maybe it's a financial issue, something that maybe even you would think about in just a moment making known in the lobby and putting in the giving receptacles for benevolence. There are lots of hands all over this place. What I want to leave us with is one final verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, says this, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. For those of us that are facing impossibilities, facing difficulties, the storms of life, whatever it is, and by the way, if we're not facing one today, we may be facing one tomorrow, we just never know. But the idea here is that our faith grows when we seek Him. And so I'm praying, Lord, as we seek, as we take a step of faith, that God would meet us. By the way, it says that He rewards those who seek Him, not those who find Him. We'll, we'll eventually find him in heaven and we'll have eternity together. But on this side of eternity, it's all about the journey. Get on the board, get on the train, and then stick close to Jesus. He knows right where you are. We want to end with a song that's an old song that we haven't sang in a long time, but it's a great song talking about taking steps of faith, putting our faith and our full weight on God. This morning, especially those that raised your hand saying you're facing something, this song, we just want to sing over you and let it, let it just minister. And really for everyone, let's take a step of faith this Christmas. Amen? Amen. James, it's all yours, brother. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship with gusto. God, I pray you would just strengthen us, God. Lord, that we would know at a deep level the truth of your word. 
Lord, that we would experience your love and Lord, that your power would rush in and make up the difference no matter what we're facing. God, I pray that we would walk out of here your people with our heads held high knowing that you're with us and God, that this Christmas story would just continue to come alive this season and God, I pray that it would change us from the inside out. Lord, we give you the praise and all the glory. Now I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. We love you. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Let's eat all the popcorn before, just take it all with you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.